This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Welcome to our American Horror Story 1984 mini This week, we are dissecting the Season 9 finale, Episode 9, Final Girl. Each week, we have dissected every episode of the slasher-themed season of American Horror Story, going, going over the synopsis, the kill list, and our usual day section. And this is our final episode, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, so this is our final episode, The Final Girl, mm-hmm. and it aired uh, November 13th, 2019. And it's, uh, yeah, the final episode of Season 9, right? Yeah. So, episode 9 of season 9. Um, it was directed by John J. Gray, who directed episode 2, and then he wrote episode 7, Lady in White. Um, so, as we mentioned on the previous episodes, he's a Joss Whedon guy, um, Nine One One with Murphy, and then Dollhouse, Firefly, Angel. Um, and then he's been a producer of AHS forever. Uh, and it was written by Crystal Liu, uh, so a female writer. That's awesome. And she has written episodes of American Horror Story and Glee before, so mm-hmm. a Murphy wheelhouse. Uh, we have our regular cast uh, so from pretty much the entire show. Emma Roberts as Brooke, Billy Lord as Montana, Cody Fern as Xavier, Gus Kenworthy as Chet, John Carroll Lynch as Mr. Jingles, Leslie Grossman as Margaret Booth, Zach Vila as Richard Ramirez, Angelica Ross as Didi, Deron Horton as Ray, Lou Taylor Pucci as Jonas, Leslie Jordan as Courtney, uh, Tara Karjian as Chef Birdie, Lily, Lily Rabb as the Lady in White slash Jingle's mom, Dylan McDermott as Bruce, and then we have one new cast member, and that is Finn Whitrock as Bobby Richter. Um, if you recognize Finn, it's because he's been in multiple seasons of American Horror Story before. He's also the love interest in Halloween Town High. Oh. Which I realized when I rewatched that this year. He's also way better looking here than he ever has been on the show. Yeah, he's always been not for me. He, well, they always part his hair in like the fucking middle. Yeah, and he just doesn't have the looks to pull that off like no, no, other no. 90s heartthrobs. Yeah. He's no Eric Von Detten, I'll no. tell you that. So now that his hair's, like, short and he's sitting in the back of an Uber, I'm like, all right. Uh, Disney Plus just launched, you guys. I mean, I'm sure you're all well aware. I'm sure you're well aware. But uh, <laughs> So Weird and Brink are on there. So if you haven't seen Eric Von Detten, go check him out. Because that's, that's my, like, 90s, like, dude crush. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, same. Yeah, yeah. He was also in uh, that Witch Mountain remake. Oh, yeah. yeah. I liked that movie. Me too. Um, and that also had the the bad guy from Brink in it. He was in that and Brink with him. Mm. Uh, the killers are Richard Ramirez and Margaret Booth. I think we can firmly establish that Mr. Jingles is not really a killer anymore. Correct. He has killed, like other characters have killed, but he is not the quote-unquote, like, big bad of the show. Right. It really, especially that gets established this episode. That is yeah. not what <laughs> that's not what it's about. And <clears throat> I was telling Ryan before the episode started, I don't know what, but all week I've had, like, something in my throat that makes me cough. Like, it makes me go out of breath, but I don't know what it is. So, excuse that. As I talk, I have to cough. <laughs> <laughs> Merman, Bob. Um... <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so our synopsis is Camp Redwood draws in a lost soul looking for closure. Um, and this is a very interesting episode. Uh, B and I talked, I don't know if we talked on air about it, but we definitely talked off air about how, like, one of the makeup effects artists had come out and posted, like, a ballot or something for some award show that they were going to be nominated mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And that on the show, like, on the thing... It, I'd- already forgotten that oh really yeah um, on my memory yeah on the ballot card it had like it was like a brief synopsis of why they deserve to get nominated and it was like oh like executed makeup from the 40s the seven or the early and late 80s and now and so like it was a spoiler everyone's like oh so it's gonna jump forward and it did uh we jumped forward to 2019 um and we meet uh, Finn Whitrock, who is actually Bobby Richter, um, so it is Mr. Jingle's son, and he has made his way to Camp Redwood to try to figure out what exactly happened to his dad. Yeah, like, pops up, and you see him, and it makes it, they make a joke about, oh, rate me five stars, and then it instantly flashes, like, 2019, sort of, like, their way of establishing. Yeah, because he takes It is not 89, like, there. where we left. Yeah. Yeah, he takes, like, an Uber or Lyft or whatever out there, and he has to, like, walk the utility road, because we find out Camp Redwood has definitely been, like, way closed off, like, mm-hmm. all closed off. And he meets Montana, who is still, you know, dressed in, like, 80s garb. She is fascinated with his iPhone, um, which I thought was pretty funny. She's like, can I keep this? He's like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, they spend, like, a good five minutes just playing the whole, like, I don't understand where you're from. Tell me about this new world kind of jokes. Yeah, because, like, she asked him what year it is, and he's like, are you serious? It's 2019? And she's like, oh, my God, no one's been here for, like, 30 years. Yeah. Um, and so the whole episode, we're kind of spending jumping back and forth. Um, we're figuring out what happened that last day in 1989. and then Where we left off. Yeah. yeah. And then we're also following Bobby now as he tries to figure out like what exactly happened to his dad yeah because he's been essentially he's been determined to do this because he's been sent money his entire life and he always assumed it was his dad and then um his aunt decided to tell him the truth about who his dad was that he was like mr jingles and everything and so he's trying to come to like an understanding of how his dad was this killer Right, yeah, because he knows that he left for Camp Redwood and then never came back. Mm-hmm. Um, so Montana and Trevor are there. We find out that they are, like, together in the afterlife. Um, mm-hmm. They're very much, like, kind of in love. And, like, um, it's pretty, like, this whole scene's pretty funny. It's pretty lighthearted. Like, the whole, like, they're trying to convince Bobby that they're ghosts. And so, like, Montana just shoots herself in the head and Trevor slits his own throat. And then uh, they walk through the door, and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, he's, like, freaking out, and he opens the door, and they just walk through it, and, like, their bodies are already gone. He's like, what's happening? And they're like, we told you, we're ghosts, dude. Um, which, obviously, he buys in after that. Yeah. Uh, and then they kind of start breaking down what happened in 89 for him. They told him they haven't seen his dad. Like, his spirit, his dad, Mr. Jingle's spirit is just, like, not around. No one ever sees him. Yeah, she literally said, the last time I saw him, he was dragged to the lake. We haven't seen him since. So, in our mind, he's been sucked in by his, or, like, to our knowledge, he's still having a picnic with his family. Mm-hmm. And they're off wherever. Yeah. Um, so we find out, uh, essentially that, you know, Margaret has teamed up with, um, Richard Ramirez and with 
what's his name? Bruce. Bruce. Um, yeah, which we saw yeah. happen. Yeah, and they're, like, destined. <clears throat> like, they're determined to, like, kill everyone off, but Trevor knows about their plan. Um, so, you know, like, this is where Courtney dies. We find out that, like, Courtney comes in and tells Trevor, or tells Margaret that Trevor is sending everyone away. Like, he's created a roadblock. He's parked a tour bus in front of the entrance, and anyone who shows up, he's turning them away to try to make, to ensure that Margaret can't kill them. Um, this is where I thought we'd get our Billy Idol cameo, which we don't get. Nope. Um, but, like we said, we like, robbed. we do see the Bengals for, like, a minute. <laughs> Like, because he's like, it's time to go-go somewhere else, or the, the go-go's. I don't fucking know. Um, there's, like, there's definitely some references to 80s bands here. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch them, because I don't know enough about what yeah. 80s bands look like. Uh, but he's, like, sending everyone away. Margaret uh, Margaret kills Courtney after he tells her this news, um, because she says he's the worst assistant ever. And then she goes to confront Trevor, and she shoots Trevor outside of campgrounds. Um, and she does it on purpose because she's like, I saw you with Montana and I'm going to shoot you here. So now you're stuck and you won't even get to like come back as a ghost. Yeah. And this is like sort of Trevor's redemption. Yes. Where he's like, no, like I got sucked into your evil. Mm -hmm. It made me evil. And now I'm like, I'm going to fix this. Well, not fix it, but I'm going to like try and amend for, you know, what I have done by marrying you. Yeah. And um, and Montana reveals to to that even though he was shot outside of the um outside of the camp, Brooke shows up, and Brooke carries him over camp lines mm-hmm. to kind of make up to her for what happened to her brother, um, because she's like yelling at Brooke and she's like, "Stay away from him! <laughs> That's the best dick I ever had." Yeah. Uh, Which part did you mention he got shot in the dick? Oh yeah, yeah. no, yeah, Margaret shoots him in the in dick. the dick. Uh, and then, uh, but, like, Brooke carries him over, and it's, like, I don't know, I really like this, actually, because I feel like it's a good, and then, like, Montana goes on to explain that Brooke doing that made her realize that she needed to stop being, like, vindictive and stop killing everyone who showed up at the camp. Well, because, yeah, Brooke drives him across the, the line, Montana says, like, why would you do this? And she's like, because I'm not like you. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's then opens up so the whole last episode they were building to this moment with like Montana realizing that not only has she been killing people since she's been a ghost, but she's the one who brought Ramirez mm-hmm. here and she's the one that, I mean, I don't agree with that because somebody doesn't. You can't cause somebody to do any action. So she feels guilty for Ramirez, you know, being inspired by her, right. which is not her fault. You can't control people. Right. Um, so that's bullshit. She shouldn't really feel guilty about that, but she should feel guilty for the fact that she had a relationship with a serial killer and encouraged his killing. Yes. And so this is sort of that moment where she goes, you know, all right, like, I still think Brooke is the reason my my brother is dead, but I need to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also when we find out that... Um, what does it have? Yeah, we find out that they the, the ghosts, like, team up then. They decide that they're going to be good now. And I like, I like this. <laughs> it's, like, a good... I think it's, like, fun the way they do it. They're, like, we talked and, like... Basically, Trevor and Montana explained they all decided, like, they were, they weren't mad at, like, anyone else. They were all mad at, like, 
Margaret and uh, the Night Stalker. Yeah. Um, and so they decide they're going to do something about it. So uh, uh, they kill Bruce. Um, and, like, they show off to, they, like, kill him and they kick him into a canyon so he's not in campgrounds anymore. So he's so, not stuck there. Yeah, so his ghost won't come back. Um, and then they kill, they, they do kill Richard Ramirez, but he, his body is different because he's constantly resurrected by Satan. So they, they lead him to a cabin, um, Montana does, by telling him that Billy Heidel got through the roadblock and is waiting for him in this cabin. And then all the ghosts are waiting there, and they literally just take shifts and sit in that cabin and murder him every time that he comes back to life. For 30 years. For 30 years. And I, this was kind of fun, too. Like, it kind of shows, it shows, like, a little montage of, like, different ways that they've, they're like, yeah, we get pretty bored, so we try to think of, like, new ways to kill him. Um, And I did think it was funny, like, every time Ramirez woke up, and then, like, finally he wakes up, and he's like, oh, come on. Um, Because they, like, I mean, it's... This is definitely our bloodiest episode. When they lure him into the cabin, they all, like, literally, like, 15 ghosts just stab the shit out of him. One of the kills, I can't remember which one it is, but it's one, it might be the end of that one. And, like, the the effects of his slip being cut and, like, the thick blood oh, on that his was, neck. Oh, that was when they're all in the cabin and all stabbing him at the same oh, time. Yeah. That got me. Like, was, I like, got a little queasy. Yeah, blood. and they yeah. do, like, kind of a close-up to his face. And, like, it's, like, the really thick, clotted blood by yeah. his neck. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Um, so we find out, like, they did that. And then they also, um, that we, like, find out what happened to Margaret. And, um, you know, uh... Dee Dee and Brooke, um, like, Margaret is in a cabin, and it's surrounded by the ghosts, and they decide, like, they're finally going to kill Margaret, too, and she's, like, trying to figure out a way to get out of there, um, and Dee Dee and Brooke are in the cabin, and they attack her. So Dee Dee attacks her first, and she, um, like, fights back, and then she runs into another room, and Brooke's in there, and they kind of, like, they kind of, like, mortally wound each other. Um, Brooke is shot and margaret is stabbed and then margaret is stabbed and Dee Dee opens the door for the ghost to take her um so the ghosts take her and put her in a fucking wood chipper <laughs> to try to ensure that she can't come back to camp so they're shooting her over camp lines um this was gross too they cut off her both arms and both legs before mm-hmm beheading her mm-hmm. and like putting her into the chipper and like they show it's like very meat grindy mm-hmm. um as the body chunks like fly over the line yeah the i didn't love any of this i feel like bruce dying in about two seconds oh ridiculous was really ridiculous because just i was like, like what two episodes yeah what was the him? point of building up this character and introducing him for two episodes to literally like in a very insanely quick flash be like yep so we decided and i think trevor even says something like oh we had these like really horrible serial killers that we had to deal with like it was a big problem that we had to find a solution for like made it seem like all right we're gonna build up to like we're gonna see how they like overcame these guys, and, and then Bruce he, was literally like they tricked him with one of the ghosts to yeah. make him think he was killing Kill, someone. Yeah, and then they just kill him and kick him over in like opinion. probably thirty seconds. And I was like, "Well, that wasn't very gratifying." And then the Ramirez stuff was fine in the moment, mm-hmm. but I wanted a resolution to it 
after all of that. Yeah, there is no final There's resolution. There's no final Their resolution. Their final resolution is still, they're just killing him yeah. all the time. And then same with Margaret. Like, all of them, there was just no build-up to, like, the killings. Mm-hmm. It was all of a sudden, and this is how we killed them. It's like, that's it? Like, all of this, there's no showdown yeah. with our killers. Oh, there's definitely no showdown. This episode is not about climactic showdowns. No. It's about there's no resolution. It, yeah, it's very resolution-based. It's about seeing, like, where all of our characters have ended up. Because Ramirez does escape, because um, Birdie and Chet decide to play Strip Pictionary. Um, and they're, like, making out. Birdie's like, all this time, you've never wanted to see what it's like to be with someone yeah, a little cause it, older. Yeah, because they, like, announce that he is bi, and, well, he's whatever. He just likes to have sex with He just has whatever. sex with yeah. whatever. There's <laughs> yeah. no, like, identification. Yeah. But she's like, oh, you have sex with everybody, but you haven't had sex with me. Yeah. So he decides, like, fuck it, why not? Sure. Um, but then Ramirez wakes up and, like, starts to wreak havoc on the camp again, killing the ghosts. Um... This was, like, I do kind of like this. I thought, like, I did, like, I thought it was fun seeing all the ghosts team up against him. Like, I thought that was fun, like, watching them kind of barrel in and be like... But again, it was <clears> cut <throat> so short. We have Bobby... Oh, no, there. again, yeah. We have Bobby there, and then it's like, all right, then here's going to be our showdown. Bobby oh, yeah, comes. Yeah. yeah, Bobby comes, he's here, and then, you know, Montana and Trevor are like, you have to go, like, run, run, like, keep running, like, no matter what you do, like... All the ghosts come together, but there was no moment where those two, like, really got a chance to have a showdown. I was all like, okay, yeah, we put this situation together, and then now we're going to, like, wrap it up super quickly. It just felt really weird. Like, what, none of the decisions with these characters really, like, made sense. Yeah. When it's a show seemingly based around... The killing. It was that like these all, two people have made. Well, it was. It, w- it <clears throat> felt like the show was suddenly like we've been following these characters the entire season, and they became ancillary, and Bobby became our main character. Yeah. So they became like at a glance supporting characters. What it felt like to me is that we missed an episode. Mm. It felt like between seven. Oh. Or yeah, between eight, eight and nine. nine yeah. We missed our climax. We had the build-up. It's so weird that they keep building up all this, like, camp stuff, too. Like, oh, this big festival. And then it's literally like, Trevor sent everyone away. That was it. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean there's no... We've been working towards this since we had our shit. You know what's interesting? I just thought about... They never showed the ghost of Kasha Gugu again. (laughs) They showed all the other ghosts, but not Kasha Gugu. Maybe they were just off playing music. Yeah. Getting stoned. Um, so Ramirez does manage to, like, throw a knife into Bobby's back, and then the ghosts subdue him again before Bobby gets away with instructions to go to, uh, Red Meadows Asylum. Yeah. Where he goes to try to get information about his dad, and they're about to, like, check him in, because he's, like, covered in blood and ranting. Yeah. And then, I need to see the medical director. Yeah, and he's like, no, no, like, I need to know about my dad, blah, blah, blah. And Donna, we find out, is the medical director, and she, like, overhears him, and she's like, who's your dad? And he's like, like... Ben Richter, and she's like, oh my god, you're his son. And Donna is actually the one who tells him about the Margaret story, because mm-hmm. um, she was there With, for like, all of it, With, like, the laziest aging makeup I've ever seen in my life. Oh, her and Emma Roberts both. Emma Roberts didn't get aging makeup. They made, like, oh yeah, I'm really, in- they made a joke about Botox and fillers. Yeah, and I'm then like, they put a little gray in her hair. Yeah, like I'm a like, little bitch, bit you're supposed to be in your 40s, and uh, Donna should be in her 60s. No, I think she's supposed to be in, like, her 50s, right? 89 to now, that's 30 years, and she was probably 20-ish. Yeah, so she's supposed to be in her 50s. Yeah. yeah. 
No. Ridiculous. No. So, uh Um, so we do find out, like, Donna says all that stuff about Margaret. She thinks that Brooke is dead. So they're like, you were the final girl. Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, I guess so. And then he, like, Bobby thanks her for the money that he's been getting. And she's like, I've never sent you money. And I immediately was like, well, it's Brooke. Yeah. Like, I immediately knew that. Well, even when they said, like, oh, Donna was the final girl, I had this moment where I was like, okay, we've said it multiple times in the show, but then when we were talking about our predictions for the finale, <coughs> I didn't really think about that, but I was like, maybe this is one of their modern updates, is that, which they kept doing with when we were a little bit more slasher focused is that we were getting the tropes but then it'd be like a slight slight modern twist on it and i was like all right they're gonna make um donna the final girl right this is gonna be sort of our little modern twist and i kind of liked that then as soon as she's like it's not the money and i was like oh well then it is brooke yeah. Um, I mean, I was happy she survived. Me too. Um, which I do because I thought her death pl- was very like when it happened. I was like, "Wait, what?" She's yeah. just that's it. Well, yeah, they're like explaining Brooke dying, and it's like she was shot and she's dead on the floor now. Yeah. Uh, but we so Bobby and Donna decide to find out who's been sending them this money, and they track it down to the small like postal service in Oregon, in Pineville, Oregon, and of course it's Brooke. Um, so they you know they go and see her, and Brooke gives us more details about what happened that night and we find out that Ray did save her. Um, the bullet went clean through her and he was able <laughs> to patch her up um, and she made it out onto the road where she was taken and like taken to a hospital and she started a new life. She has like a husband and two kids and um, she has been sending money to Bobby. She does admit it um, because she's trying to keep him away from the camp because she, like with her and Aditi who got drawn back into the camp, she was trying to make him not live that life she was trying to give him a normal life and she kind of reveals like it was kind of sweet like she does reveal like jingles inspired her because he was able to get away and like start this family and have a kid and have a normal life but then he got sucked back in too so she's trying to give his son what he almost had so donna and brooke have like their resolution you know they were both final girls um so they are both our final girls which is i mean it's nice that Donna survived too. I'm really happy she survived as well, at least. Yeah. Like, I think it would have... I would have... I think I would have rather preferred it would just be her, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, because it would have been a nice twist of, like, oh, you know, she... Because she even made the joke about, like, people with my skin color don't live that... Like, live through these mm-hmm. things. Um, and it would have been, like, like you said, like, the kind of updating the tropes. But at least they both survived. So, they both survive. And they both technically get to be the final girls, but it's like when we do our regular episodes and we talk about, you know, our final girl and how, how they stand up to the tropes, they're not, they don't really end up being final girls because neither of them overcome the killers. I'd say Brooke ends up more because she did kind of kill Margaret. Like, so Brooke fits into the trope lines more. They technically like killed each other i mean yeah. the ghost finally killed margaret but she she was bleeding out yeah. you know um and you know like yeah but you're right like they definitely like donna exists more in that category that we've had when we cover our normal films of like also she's survives. alive at yeah the end. she survives yeah she's alive but yeah. she's not really a final girl yeah but i mean she does have her last fight with margaret too i think they both get a chance at it i think that brooke definitely ends up more in line with it um but i do think 
almost like, as far as like when we see sequels, mm -hmm. Donna's more in line with what we see from sequels of Final Girls, where they usually end up like, because Donna's now the head of you know um, the Redwood, uh, Red Red or Red Meadows, um, where she's still the camp has affected her final outcome, mm -hmm. where Brooke has completely run from it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, where, I mean, I guess we see that sometimes too, but a lot of times we see them like very impacted by, like when I think of like Sydney, like Sydney has always used her private, like her previous experience to, it has a, altered her outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas like Brooke was, is more like almost hiding the fact that it was part of her life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think it all comes back to the fact that our big twist this season you know, everybody was like, okay, there's no way it's a slash the whole way through. There's no way it's going to switch. It's going to switch. And it did, honestly. Just not in the way I think anybody was expecting. Mm -hmm. After episode five, after Red Dawn, after the 1984, and we jump ahead, That's that was it. All of our slasher elements of the show that fit in line with those tropes and that formula have disappeared in the last four episodes and it really has shifted to be to be more of a show these are the really the psychological outcomes of dealing with traumatic experiences that's what we've been doing the last four episodes uh -huh. how does going through something as traumatic as you know being murdered or, you know, being at a camp with a serial killer, being accused and going on death row and like blah, 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 all the things that happen to them. How does that affect them and who they are as a person, uh -huh. including being a ghost? That's what the last four episodes were about. So in the end, we, we haven't really been analyzing it as a slasher because it hasn't been a slasher. No. This episode is the closest it gets back to that just because it's so stabby. <laughs> but like, it's not a slasher. No, it's just it has a lot of kills, but yeah. they're not slasher kills. Yeah. Um, Bobby decides to go back to camp because he just has to figure out what, what happened with his dad. Mm -hmm. um, so even though like Donna and Brooke had their resolution, he needs his. So he does go back to camp, and we find out that Margaret technically died while still within campgrounds. So she has been hiding, um, staying away from the other ghosts because she knows that they will kill her, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, and she reveals, shockingly, that she's going to kill Bobby, um, because she doesn't want Mr. Jingles to have anything nice. Um, and right when she's about to stab him, Jingles stabs her, um, and, uh, you know, there's this whole kind of back and forth, because, like, Jingles stabs her, and then she stabs Jingles again, and then Bobby's running from her, and then his grandmother shows up, and she, like, comments, she's like, you're just what my Bobby would have looked like if he had grown up. Like, you're beautiful. And she's like, now get the hell out of here. Um, and then, uh, like, as Bobby's running away, um, you know, there's, like, it's it's a very, like, it's a very different ending for American Horror Story. Um, what's the word they use? Saccharine? Is that it? Saccharine? I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it means uh, excessively sweet or sentimental. Um, saccharin? Yeah, saccharin. Um, because it's just like, yep, 
the ghosts tell Margaret she's not the final girl and she doesn't get Bobby. And then, like, Bobby leaves the camp and he turns around and right at the camp, it's, like, his dad and his grandma and his uncle all waving goodbye to him. And, like, I kept it... I literally the whole time was expecting some sort of twist ending. Mm-hmm. Ramirez pops up or something happens. Nope, that's it. That's literally that's the it. end. No, the credits rolled and I looked around and I was like... So I knew I was in for something because first Ryan texts me... Like, Wednesday night. And I was like, he's like, are you watching? And I had, like, completely forgotten. I was, like, in bed. And I was like, no. Definitely not watching. Like, I am moments away from drifting off to sleep. And then, like, in the morning, I get a text message from Brennan. Have you watched? And I'm like, no. (laughs) I have not watched. When are you guys recording? And I'm like, well, we're supposed to record tonight. And he's like, okay. Let me know when you've watched it. And I was like, okay, well. And I was like, fuck, what the fuck happens? Like, yeah. I was ready for it. And then, like, I'm, like, halfway through the episode, and I'm like, I text Ryan, I'm like, um, this is weird. <laughs> it, it is weird. The whole episode was weird. Like, there were things I liked. I definitely, I still, and but, like, the things I liked are just because, like, I kind of like the characters. Like, I liked all the Trevor Montana stuff. <coughs> um, I liked that they kind of had a redemption arc. And I liked the creatively killing the night killer stuff uh, or the night stalker but i agree with b like there's no resolution there they're just he's still just stuck in that camp and they're continuing to kill him forever for the rest of time apparently um there's so what's frustrating me is that as it ended i was like okay i like this i like that there is sort of this happy ending with mr jingles we see this like whole story arc of him being this killer we were all terrified for a couple episodes and then we realize hold on it's not all of it seems right and then we get our flash forward and him teaming up with Ramirez and then having a family like a lot has happened with this character and a lot of it has been really really interesting and then to like see a resolution for him was nice I mean I don't really care about new Bobby he just got introduced like or even really like his mom and because we've I we've only had them for two episodes if we would have started with the 1940s stuff like in the very beginning which obviously they didn't do because they wanted the twists I would have felt way more connected to this but I was like oh that's nice it's sweet that he jingles the one we do have a connection yeah he's the one I cared about yeah gets this sort of happy I guess ending like it's also very like different for American Horror Story to have, like, a happier ending. Yeah. So, like, that was a pleasant surprise. hmm But, like, you're saying, I agree, like, so we get resolution realistically for, like, three characters. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is up in, up in the air. Yeah. It's like, and Brooke and Dee Dee's resolution felt rushed. hmm And then it's like, okay, so Margaret, like, what, what, like, there was this whole plot line for episodes about the, the ghost trying to move on past yeah. that camp. And they've just accepted it i guess that they're gonna yeah so now it's 30 years nobody shows up to the camp the whole plot of the music festival was it was supposed to attract um like super awesome well they were gonna kill a bunch of people and then it wasn't gonna attract um well that was yeah ghost people and whatever and like i get why that changed and i'm glad that changed but to give up and be like, nope, we're never going to get out of here. Like, it just didn't feel right that this season ended without all... The, and, like, what about um, Jonas? Like, what was the purpose of that? Oh, his character felt so weird like, the entire what, time. Was his that just to His character literally existed like, to have that one episode where he's like, yeah, the more you die, the less you remember. Yeah. That's, like, it. Yeah. 
I don't even know why he exists. Like, his character, and it, again, like, Lou Taylor Pucci's, like, a more respected actor. I was like, it's really weird they drew him in for this for, like, an essentially, like, unessential character. Yeah. I don't know. It was, there was a lot, I think, left in the air. I think... And was that done on purpose? I mean... Yeah. I think one of the most frustrating things is, like, I get, and I get it, like, you could look at it and be like, no, they, like, all the characters had a resolution. Like, they just live there now. And, like, Trevor Montana get to be together. And I'm like, I guess, I guess that's kind of a resolution. But but it didn't feel like that. No, it didn't. And, like, that was the thing is, like, we spent episodes... Yeah, we got resolution for, like, three of our characters that we spent numerous episodes with. But we spent numerous episodes with, like, realistically, like, almost nine characters. Yeah. And then, like, all the stuff in from 1989 felt so rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, especially just, like, the music festival stuff. It was so weird to build and build and build to be, like, right away in a scene. It was yeah. like, and they're all gone because Trevor turned them away. And, like, I like Trevor's redemption arc, but it was a weird... It was a weird way to get to it. Yeah. And it felt like, I where was my showdown? Like, there was never... Like I said, it's like there was just a piece missing. Mm-hmm. There was no climax. There was mm-hmm. no showdown. There was no gratification for all this resolution that, you know, in theory was nice. But how nice is it if we didn't, we built up to really nothing? We build and build and build and build. And then it's sort of like, okay, it's over. That's it. It's resolved. Um, yeah. It's strange, too. So, um, you know... Before we get to it, like the uh, we'll touch on stuff real quick. Uh, tropes. The only real trope I think used here from like slashers is returning, like returning yeah. to that camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was like definitely like a something family connection yeah. bringing you back. Yeah. So we see yeah. that a lot. Um, I mean, my favorite kill was when like all fifteen of them killed Ramirez, but that chainsaw kill was kind of fun too. But like for me, my favorite kill was definitely when they all just like eviscerate Ramirez. <laughs> Yeah. Because it was also just nice to see them get, see him get what was coming to him and to see them come together, realize he was the bad, like the bad guy, stop killing other people, stop killing each other, and like take it out on him. The part that I don't like, so they haven't, I know they've done like crossovers in seasons. It's hard for me to talk on it because I haven't seen all the American Horror Story seasons, but it really feels like they left some of this stuff open intentionally. And I don't love that Ramirez is still alive because I don't love that he was even in this show. There's no reason for him to be based on a real killer at all. Like, especially one that, like, we've kind of talked about and had problems with that they made so sympathetic Mm -hmm. because they made him so funny. Mm -hmm. And they gave him, like, all of the comedy, Mm -hmm. all of the dark comedy was integral to him as a character, and that's super problematic when we're talking about a real serial killer. It's extra problematic when you go, here's a group of horny ghosts who are in charge of keeping this very dangerous killer at bay. As we have seen, he could easily slip away if somebody's not paying attention. Yeah. So we're going to end the show with, like, a serial killer really being moments away from escaping and killing a bunch of people again. I don't like that. Nope. I don't like that at all. Yeah. That really bugs me. Any resolution that needed to come from this season really needed to be 
the Ramirez stuff. And what I was saying, I think that was last week or like a couple episodes ago, they were really they were starting to play in with this idea that like our society's obsession yeah. with serial killers. And that's kind of what they really played with these whole last four episodes, like I was saying, the sort of psychology of of tragedy and they've commented on it and it's been good. And then they just didn't do any of that for this. Like, oh no, they just they they wrap it up when like a little bow. Yeah. And we're like, isn't this sweet? Isn't this nice? Um, and it's strange because this episode is the best reviewed of the show yeah. so far. It has a nine out of ten on IMDB. Um, and EW gave it an A minus. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, people are glo- I mean, I'm starting to see more, but when, like, today I've seen a few, like, this, these are all the fucking plot holes from this season. But when it was initially, like, when the episode first came out, and I was, like, looking up all the reviews, because I'm like, what the fuck do other people think about this? Glowing. Well, and I think finally it, American Horror Story yes. gives us a happy ending. I think it has more to do with the series. I do too. Than the finale of this season in particular. Yeah. And like there are don't get like I there are things I enjoy about the finale. I I don't think the whole episode is a waste, but I do think that there's just a lot left on the table, and I think there's a lot of stuff. And, you know, like, this has kind of been my criticism of American Horror Story always, because this show is, for only being eight to nine episodes a season, there is, it's always very dense. There's always a lot of characters, there's mm-hmm. always a lot happening. And that mm-hmm. has been, it's been that way since the first season. Mm-hmm. A lot of, that's like a Murphy thing. A lot of ideas. Yeah. Struggles and like, with executing them. I think the first season was one of the best ones at being able to really resolve a a lot of character arcs and i think this one gave us resolutions for our big characters but then left a lot of our side stuff on the table and they were just like well it's just like this is it like it it was kind of just like i don't know they played with like b said they played with all these ideas of like the psychology of serial killers and like people being fascinated with it and then also with these ideas of like the ghost kind of exists in this purgatory and they're trying to figure a way out of it and then also like richard ramirez keeps being resurrected by satan and like how do we handle that and they're like um we just handle it by everyone lives at the camp and i was like that's not really an answer that's a temporary solution oh yeah the only comment that could be what i wanted to see and what i thought they were gonna do because they kind of hinted at it was that people have forgotten about camp redwood Mm mm-hmm and I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to go into, like, why. Like, what happened in 89 that, like, made people just go, like, no, we're not going to talk about that place. And what happened to me, and maybe this is the commentary, what had to happen was nothing for people to stop talking about it. Could be, yeah. The music festival never happened. Yeah. There was not another massacre. And people just forgot. I don't know if that was their intention, but it doesn't feel like it, I would no, say. it doesn't feel like it. Overall, um, I'm glad we finished the season. Yeah, good job to us. Yeah, we never finished American Horror Story. No. <laughs> um, I'm glad we stuck it out, and oh, I would say overall, I liked it. Yeah. I think there was a lot of really fun dark humor. I think that the slasher, the 80s slasher trope stuff in the first initial episodes were was really fun mm-hmm. and good. 
I ended up really liking Mr. Jingles um, and his character arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really nice to finally see Emma Roberts get to play a not-bitch character. She had, like, two episodes where she was like, I'm a bitch now. And, like, basically those two episodes was Dee Dee going, no, you're not. Yeah, and she's barely in them. Yeah, so, I mean, I thought it was nice for her to have a turn, too, um, because I'm sure, yes, she's very good at playing that character. I'm sure she would like to flex her acting muscles a little a little more. Yeah. Um, so, overall, I don't know. I kind of, let's see, out of ten, I'd give it a seven. Seven and a half. Like, right around there. I think that's fair. Because um, I think the ending just feels so rushed and so scattered. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, that happens a lot of times, too, when you have different people writing different episodes. And I know they all, like, sit together, and, like, it's a, it's a high vibe, yeah, and, and there's someone, like, tasked, you know, there is, like, one creative Writing force. table, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I feel like that happens a lot when you just have that writing table, too, and it's not, like, something like a sitcom, where you're, like, setting up beats, you know? Like, it's just, it's hard to carry, like, that narrative focus the whole way through sometimes. Yeah, it's hard because I kept thinking, like, well, maybe if we if we just ended on episode five, like, how would I feel about the show? Like, the end of the 84 arc? Like, the end of the 84 arc. Like, how would I feel about it? Because how do we end that episode with, um... Ramirez our... and Jingles leaving? And... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I would have liked this season overall if that sort of what it was. And it was some wink that, like, our killers got away and, yeah. like, there'd be, you know, there could be a sequel... There was, like, that nod about it. That was definitely, like, when all of our slasher stuff ended. Yeah. And it felt, that very much felt like the end of a slasher movie, Mm -hmm. where it's, like, and our killers are, like, there's a sequel, because Mm -hmm. they're, like, off in L.A. now. And Uh, then we get our sequel that had, I think the last four episodes had a ton of stuff I really liked. mm -hmm. I I really liked pieces of it, and like I said, the stuff that they started to hint at, like, you know, the... uh, profiting off of the houses of these like real life serial killers and the commentary on our obsession with tragedy and the, the news reporter like story arc with um Dee Dee and Brooke I thought was really good because the same thing all the stuff they were playing with that I liked all the other shit that ended up being pointless the building up to the festival and all that stuff and I it just didn't work for me and so I think overall I'm a stickler for the four star system where it's, I hated it, mm. I didn't like it, or it's five stars. I hated it, I didn't like it, I liked it, I really liked it, I loved it. And I'm just going to go straight in the middle and say I liked it. Mm. That's fair. I and like Yeah, I think my final criticism is that... Three we, stars. We spent five episodes with, like, we, like, we did actually start to know Chet as a character, mm-hmm. and Xavier as a character, and Ray as a character, and I feel like... Ray, at least a little bit, was saving Brooke at some redemption. But, like, Chet and Xavier become, like, nothing. Yeah. They like, literally drop off. Yeah. And are just rando ghosts yeah, who appear. They become nothing. And even though Montana gets her redemption arc, it's, like, shoehorned in. So, like, I just feel like we spent so much time with these characters. Like, we we developed relationships with numerous characters, and we get absolute resolutions for, like, three of them. Mm-hmm. Which I think is my biggest complaint. Yeah. Um, well, that's it, guys. Yeah. We did all nine episodes, um, the whole season, and we won't be doing American Horror Story again, because it's not going to be a slasher next season, so this will be our one coverage. B and I have talked about possibly covering, um, like some of the, like, there's that show Slasher, or the Scream television series, not 
it wouldn't be like episodic format for that. It'd like be we'd cover a season yeah, in a long episode. Yeah, we'd cover a season in like a long episode. So that's definitely something we're kicking around. Um and it seems like people did actually like this. Um like we picked up some new listeners from people just looking mm-hmm. at like, for American Horror Story. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun with it and it was cool to do and um yeah, thanks for sticking around. Uh, if you listen to the regular show, I hope you do. And if you don't, please give it a, uh, check it out. Um, our last episode was on, what did we watch? Oh, Home Sweet Home. Mm. Um. That's a movie. Yeah, that is a movie. And then our next episode will actually be on a movie called Game Over. And I don't remember where it's from right now. It is a foreign movie. Um, and we're going to check it out. Make sure it is a slasher. It's from... Oh boy. I want to say like Thailand. Uh, but our next one will be on that. And then we're going to jump um, into our Christmas movies, um, which should be fun because we're probably going to cover Black Christmas. And I think we, it's, uh, I think it's from India. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure. Yeah. And uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, because we covered Silent Night, Deadly, one, Deadly Night 1 last year. I, no, two years. Two years. This is our Christ. third Christmas. Because we did Black Christmas last year. Oh, we did both Black Christmases. And then the and year before we did Silent, Silent Night. Night and... What else did we do? Did we not do another Christmas movie? No, we had to have. What did we watch? I have no idea. Anyways, go check out our regular show. Thanks for sticking around for these minisodes. It was a lot of fun. Feel free to reach out to us online. And uh, we will... See you on the regularly scheduled program. Keep screaming!